This is Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. And now, you're your host, Brian Brennan. Welcome to another episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I am, as usual, your host, Brian Brennan, in the place to be. It's good to be back after a hectic and wild couple of months, but we are back with you on the air. It's good to be here with you. Uh, before we start talking about the NFL, we've obviously got to talk a lot about the NFL, all the sights and sounds of week one. Uh, I want to actually start the show this week with a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, so one of the reasons I kind of stopped doing Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan over the last couple of weeks is because it's it's really hard to – it's really damn hard to juggle a podcast, doing it on your own. Uh, even, you know, with interviews, it's really tough to, like, kind of talk by yourself for an hour or so. Uh, I've had a blast doing the podcast on my own. Uh, but really, my favorite part of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan has been uh, talking sports uh, with other people during the interviews. Uh, the interviews are definitely my favorite part of the podcast. So uh, – I decided that it's kind of time to expand a little bit. Uh, I don't really want to co-host. I'm not going to call this a co-host per se. Uh, I mean, yes, I guess it is a co-host, but I'm, I'm kind of looking for a hype man, I guess. More like a, a flavor Flav to my Chuck D, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, over the next couple of weeks, I'll be auditioning people for that role. Uh, you all know who they are. Uh, they've been on multiple times. They all love sports. They all know what they're talking about. And uh, we'll decide who it's going to be. We'll either put it to a vote or I'll just decide for myself. Uh, we'll figure it out, and uh, before I before I introduce who who's today's is, uh, I just want to make it clear the name's not changing. Uh, it's still upon for the review with Brian Brennan. I'm still handling all the grunt work, editing the interviews, all the fun stuff. I'm just keeping the name. Uh, I like the name. It helps with my ego, I guess. So uh, let's let's start with the audition process. First up, he's one of my favorites. Hopefully, he's one of yours too. Straight from Staten Island, New York, my boy Sean Hamilton. Sean, what is up, my friend? Hey, Brian, thanks for having me on. Dude, glad to uh, try out here for this little uh, co-host job we got here. I'm so glad that you expressed interest in this. Uh, and by the way, I just want to point out, if anybody else, uh, I've got a couple people in mind, but uh, if anybody else is out there who's interested in maybe co-hosting the podcast, just let me know. It's an open competition. But um, So let, let's get into this, Sean. The um, world's get into week one a little bit here in the NFL. Uh, week one just we're on Monday. It's Monday right now. Uh, we've just had a full slate of NFL games, uh, except for uh, the Jack. Uh, excuse me, the the Buccaneers and the uh, Dolphins who were postponed. It's a pretty good week one. Um, what were your thoughts? What are your thoughts on week one? I guess what were your main takeaways from week one, Sean? I mean, this is a lot of a lot happening in week one. Yeah, Brian. Uh, yeah, once again, thanks for just taking me on this week. It's just course, like man. this is probably the best possible week to get to talk about sports. It's like the first week of the NFL and like the second week of college football. So like really you just have so much to talk about in the world of sports. It was like there was too many games on this Saturday and Sunday. So right. I just – I don't even know where to begin with you, but uh, I, I, I think it's just like the best time of the year to come on and talk where – there's literally so much sports that you can't even like. You have to forget about the whole baseball season. Yeah. Until the playoffs roll. Like I didn't even because... know if we'd have time to talk baseball today, man. Like there's so much happening right now that like, it's like the opposite of summer, man. There's like so much happening right now in the world of sports. Yeah. So it's just you know it's like Christmas Day. So right. It's, uh, thanks for bringing me on. Like I of said. Course, and, man. Uh, yeah. I guess where should I start? I guess uh, I was. I gotta admit something here. I. I was doing the DraftKings for the first time ever this week one of the NFL, and uh, and you know just I'm just playing like the free games, and I mean I know we were going to talk about Craig Carton later in the show, but I could just easily see how somebody could fall down that hole. Oh, <laughs> it's a good time, but it's also uh, you know can be, can be a serious problem. I think if you, if you lose control, but ultimately, I just think that it's a my whole DraftKings take has sort of been like a uh, – I'm not sure where I stand on it for the last couple of years, but ultimately, like, I, I kind of come around to it. I think New York should uh, should really legalize it. Like, just go 100% with it because I, I think – I feel like it's accepted, like, around the country now at this point, just like I'm just not a fan. We'll get into that a little bit. I'm not a fan of DraftKings and FanDuel. I just want to, like – 
I just don't. I to me, it's gambling. I I don't think gambling. I'm not somebody who bets on games. I don't really encourage people betting on games. Wink. But um, I, I guess uh, I, 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 to me, it's just always felt like gambling. My fantasy teams, by the way, yesterday took a real hit. Uh, I, I mean, I, I was, I had some wins. I, I've got four fantasy teams this year, by the way, Sean. I, I'm doing like way too many fantasy leagues this year. Like, you're I'm, always gonna win, though. You're always gonna win. I'm that's, always gonna win one feeling. week, I guess, Sean. But uh, I, I, I some, <laughs> some in the leagues I care about, I, I got blown out yesterday. I, I did not have the best week, fan, and I owe a lot of that. I guess we'll start when, when we come to actual week one's games. I guess we'll start with uh, the Chiefs and the Patriots, uh, with which was the opening night game. Uh, the Patriots raising their banner and uh, Roger Goodell making his uh, return to Foxborough, where he was, uh, I think, warmly received uh, by the great fans up there in Foxborough. <laughs> uh, war- I'm sure they, I'm sure they were happy to see him, but. Uh, and so that game, I don't, I wasn't personally expecting, I'm going to be honest, I was not expecting the Chiefs to go into Foxborough and win. Uh, I thought maybe the Patriots might, I, I thought the Patriots might have like a Super Bowl hangover because of how they won the Super Bowl. But in no way did I really think the New England Patriots were going to lose week one to the Kansas City Chiefs, especially after they kind of bloated up this offseason by uh, just acquiring talented pieces after talented piece. And we kind of saw some of that in the game week one with Mike Gillisley getting a couple touchdowns for the Patriots. Uh, I, 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 I just didn't expect the Chiefs to go in there and win. And Kareem Hunt destroyed me in fantasy football. And I think he destroyed a lot of people in fantasy football. Uh, I, I think, uh, what did he have, like three touchdowns, like over 100 yards? That was like 40-something points. Uh, oh yeah, I ran up against him in three different uh, leagues. Unbelievable! So I'm I'm gonna lose in all of those, but you know, it's unfortunate because I had very good weeks, like otherwise. But yeah, no, he dropped like 48 points, I believe, in like every single one of his on every single one of his teams PPR or standard. He really was a breakout star, like especially following Jamal Charles leaving and then Spencer Ware getting hurt. Right. And he Spencer is the Ware, breakout, for Yeah, sure. exactly. Uh, you know, it's so incredible for a rookie like that to be so good uh, in his first game. And, uh, you know, we still have – we saw a couple of good rookies this week. That's, you know, something else to talk about, too. We'll get to the Jaguars in a minute because I've, I've got, we've got points on the Jaguars as well. Uh, but Leonard Fournette, of course, had a great rookie debut. We've got Dalvin Cook tonight as well. Uh, had for the Minnesota Vikings against the Saints. Uh, but so it'll be interesting to see. I think everybody's trying to do the Zeke thing now with the rookie running backs because now Ezekiel Elliott has had success uh, in the NFL. You know, really the first successful rookie running back in years in Ezekiel Elliott, one of the most successful of all time. So I, I think everybody's trying to, it's a copycat league. I think everybody's trying to do what the Cowboys did with Ezekiel Elliott and uh, really get a dynamite running back. And that really obviously helped the Chiefs. Uh, one of the other things, just going back to that game for a second there in uh, on Thursday night, uh, before we move down the list and talk about some other stuff here. Uh, you know, we were so used to Tom Brady, like, being, like, a superhuman. And uh, it was just weird, to me at least, Sean, to, like, see him mortal. Like, you know, I, I, unexpectedly, Tom Brady, like, for the first time, you know, you're expected – you're expecting like you know him to just go out there and fall out, but like he, he looked really average. Like he looked, there are many quarterbacks across the league who look better than Tom Brady in Week One. I mean, it's just yeah, I I um I know what you're saying, and um I I, I kind of think that that's a a standard quarterback star thing that happens uh you know early in the season. I I think um that's kind of like. Okay, if you think about last year, Tom Brady actually was kind of average, like during the regular season, and certainly not during the postseason. The postseason, he turned it up, uh, you know, the way Obviously, that, the way that we does. kind of expect. The way he always does, I mean, because he's Tom Brady. Right. And, but, you know, also, like, Aaron Rodgers came out yesterday, and granted, the Seahawks-Packers defenses were just absolutely tearing it up Especially yesterday. The- by the way, I just want to say, especially the Packers' defense. The Packers' defense was probably the star of the day yesterday defensively. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, but yeah, so Rodgers, the only the only really touchdown um, that they that he threw because I know he got a handoff. They got a handoff for a touchdown, but 
the only touchdown that Aaron Rodgers even threw yesterday was, um, you know, he had basically caught the Seahawks doing the substitution off the right, field. Right, and so yeah. he caught them, like, out of position. Which is typical of Aaron Rodgers. If you right. Have, yeah. Yeah, and Jordy Nelson was saying, like, post-game, like, that's what they work on. So, like, you know, you can't just shut out the Packers because they're going to get right. scores like that. Exactly. But the reason why I say that is because the Chiefs have a great defense. Like, that was what led them last year. They had Tyreek Hill. Yes, they had – you know, they have weapons on offense. Right. Uh, but, but, like, their defense obviously was what was so fantastic last year. I think – and remember the, that playoff game, uh, they, they had nothing but field goals. So that was interesting. Yeah. That 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 uh, had nothing but field goals against the Steelers in the playoffs last year. Right. So, uh, I mean, uh, you, to go back to your point um, about Brady, I think that the offense was more focused on figuring out, like, okay, who's our lead running back going to be, and who's who's our new receivers because we lost Amendola. So, or no, they lost know, Edelman. Yeah, they lost Edelman. Yeah. Well, they, well, they lost Edelman, but they lost Amendola in the second half. Right in the second half. Yeah, well, I mean, so, even and then, like, you expect them to be really good with, like, Brandon Cooks and everything. Like, because Brandon Cooks yeah. was brought in to be the man in New England this year. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta realize any guy that goes to New England, it just becomes another cog in the system, like, until they've proven themselves as the best in the New England system. It, like, doesn't matter. And, and they were trying to get Gronk back in the mix, you know? Yeah. You're trying to get Gronk back help, in there. Didn't help me much because I, I traded for Gronk in fantasy uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, yeah, yeah. And he only got me four points, which is a little underperform, underwhelming from Gronk, but um, definitely, right? Yeah, he'll turn it on. I they don't know. They were trying to figure out. They were trying to figure out who's going to be the next, you know, the next go-to guys. But ultimately, the offense was okay. The offense wasn't bad against the Chiefs' defense, but the defense was was bad. They didn't get pressure on you know they didn't get pressure at all right and that was what was so strange was to see the chiefs ball out on offense and then you know the patriots not be able to come counter that essentially and how about alex smith too by the way like alex smith was so good like he threw four touchdowns and you know it's funny because everybody's talking about you know him losing his job they drafted uh mahomes i think the name of the kid is from uh, texas tech supposed to be yeah. pretty good uh, so everybody's talking about how he's going to lose his job, if not this season, maybe a little bit down the line. Like, next season for sure, he's he's going to be gone. Yeah, so and then he played the best game of his life. He definitely, uh, one of the best games of his career for sure. Four touchdowns on opening night against the defending champions on the road. Uh, you you know, really can't ask for much more than that if you're uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, you get... Big games from no, your, you your big three offensive weapons, really. You get Alex Smith throwing four touchdowns. Uh, you get Tyreek Hill with over 100 yards receiving. You need Tyreek Hill to you know, be great. If, you, if the Chiefs are going to be great, Tyreek Hill needs to be great. And then you get Kareem Hunt out of nowhere, the rookie, uh, rushing for three touchdowns after he fumbled his first snap. Uh, you know, which I, I, you know, he's playing, I'm playing Kareem Hunt in all these fantasy leagues. And when he fumbled, I was like, yes, like there's no way he's going to come back from that first NFL carry. He's fumbling and, uh, he lost the ball. I think, uh, I, I thought there was no coming back from that. If you are Kareem Hunt, but give credit to the kid. I mean, you know, that's a hell of an adjustment. You yeah. Know, and, and learning from your mistakes, learning from so your that's mistakes. Nuts. Yeah, exactly. He did not fumble at college, which is crazy. And he does it on his first carry in the NFL. Uh, and, but yeah, you got to give credit to the kid. I mean, the way to make up for your mistakes, learn from your mistakes. That is all you can ask for if you're a rookie. So if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm really excited about Kareem Hunt just bursting onto the scene like that. Um, and, you know, really earning rave reviews. Uh, really, I think he's probably, probably, uh, unless somebody does something crazy tonight, like Drew Brees maybe throws five touchdowns or something, Melvin Gordon has a big night, unless something like that happens, I'm going to say Kareem Hunt's probably your offensive player of the week uh, in the NFL. So, oh, yeah, it's a done deal for sure. And, you know, he's one of the many rookies to look out for the rest right. of the year. We, we don't know yet if it was just one game or not. You know, he, very well. There's a long season for any rookie, you know. I mean, Zeke Elliott made it look easier last year. I think we're starting to see, unlike quarterbacks where they're coming in and 
the pro offense is not for them. We're starting to see running backs who just get better blockers, right? And are fresh legs, and they're and they're getting better more offensive space lines, man. Because offensive NFL teams are, are like going better. wider more often. Offensive so lines it, are just getting so much better and bigger in the NFL. Like it's yeah. crazy. And you see the Panthers, you know, my team starting to go more wide with their sets now too. And that's that's like their idea for McCaffrey, who right. I'm stoked about. Well, um, yeah, I had Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers. Why don't we talk, because you are a Panthers fan, I didn't see their game uh, against the 49ers. I know they won, what was it, 21-3 to or something like that, and uh, or 24-3, to I think it was, uh, something like that. Uh, yeah, because the game was actually, because everybody was showing the Packers-Seahawks uh, game wherever you went. So there was yeah. no no Panther game here. I can recap that one for you real easy. Go, yeah, I <laughs> so mean, it was like it wasn't much to say. Yeah, twenty three to three. The Panthers got the dub. Um, and you know, I would like to say it was like easy win, never stressed at all. But it's, that's just not true. Like, uh, really, the defense was fine because the you know, and Luke Keekley with the big interception, fresh off of you know missing a lot of time yeah. last year at the concussion. Um, wearing like a special neck brace that they're like studying in, in like you know science labs for concussions like that's that's pretty Luke cool Keekly's thing yeah like apparently it has something to do with uh woodpeckers <laughs> like that's the, the technology because woodpeckers bang their head into a tree all day and they have perfectly fine you know like i guess i guess their health is just fine after that. So they're, like, wow. trying to that take that like, study. That's, that's, that's weird. That almost sounds like the defensive equivalent of, like, Tom Brady's, like, diet. Like, that just sounds so weird. That somebody... Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. It, I thought that was a really cool story yesterday. But at the same time, I'm also like, oh, man, that means Luke Keekley could just get a concussion and be out for the season, that's... like, any hit. So that's kind of terrifying, but... Whatever. I guess we'll. I'll try not to let that anxiety get to me as a fan watching the game. But uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Cam, Cam uh, was rusty for sure. Cam, uh, Cam coming off a torn rotator cuff. Uh, the, he played through at the end of last season, and his offensive line got beat up all you know all season last year. The big weaknesses on the team were offensive line and defensive secondary, and it looks like the Panthers strengthened both. But uh. And, and McCaffrey of, and Stewart were kind of like getting split time. I think uh, you mentioned Alex Smith, right? He's yeah. got Mahomes playing behind him, and, and uh, he's got to play for his job. That's kind of what the idea was with Jonathan Stewart coming into the season as well, uh, with McCaffrey sitting behind him. But I think they're just going to use them both a lot. I well, think, well uh, did McCaffrey look good, though? Because I, I really i am a big fan of Christian McCaffrey. And, like, I, well, I mean – like, I, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of him in the NFL. Like, I think I, I think he's going to do well in the NFL. I think you put him on the right team in the Carolina Panthers. And uh, I, I, did, he, did he look good in week one? It was a little bit of a homecoming for him, too, playing in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he, he kind of didn't really get that many opportunities because Jonathan Stewart played really well. Um, and then the, the passing game was there all day, but – Cam was missing a lot of throws. Um, I mean, he had, I think he threw for one touchdown, or he might have thrown for two. I can't remember the one that Jonathan Stewart scored was off of a pass where he ran it in. I think it was a screen pass, but um, I saw Cam was one, sort of like I... missing guys that were open. Like, it wasn't a great Cam day, but they still, and, and McCafferty, I don't think, played very well because Jonathan Stewart had a good day. So right. I don't think. He had the numbers, but I didn't really see anything concerning. I think they're going to be fine. They just they're going to use him uh, for big plays, and and he's also the kick returner and punt returner. So McCaffrey, he's going to get really? reps there. You said McCaffrey's the kick returner and punter. Yeah, really. Yeah. He... Uh, that's I, that's, that's going to be interesting. I think he's going to do well in that that role. Uh, I mean, kind of a speedster type guy. And I don't know if he did that very much at Stanford. So I'll be interested to see that. Oh, he did. Yeah. He was actually, he was, yeah, he was pretty good at that at Stanford too. Uh, you know, his highlight, actually, I think he's got like one of the best highlight tapes of anyone for their Stanford career. I think he's lead Stanford all time in uh, rushing yards. Uh, and I think he got the record for, he did, he got the record for, uh, 
all-purpose yards in a whole, se- that doesn't whole season surprise me. one. That doesn't surprise me at all. I I, I, I guess I, I'm surprised because I, I didn't know he was a kick returner. But uh, I mean, that's, that's that doesn't surprise me that like somebody with his speed could get that type of yardage uh, in the uh, in in the Pac-12 and the NCAA. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, yeah. So it's I, his jukes. He's got really good juke moves for sure. I, I I like watching Christian McCaffrey play a lot. But um, so I want to talk about a couple other things that I noticed in the NFL. Uh, to just this week one was um, you know there's some there was a couple. I guess upsets, if you will. I, some stuff I was a little surprised by. I wouldn't say I was, you know, wouldn't say they were like upset victories or anything, but I was just surprised at how bad the team that lost looked. Uh, I want to give special notice to the Houston Texans as well. I just, hang on. I, the Houston Texans, you know, they looked awful offensively. Tom Savage uh, looked like a guy who not only is you know, actually going to lose his job, but he looks like a guy who knows he's going to lose his job because he deserves to lose his job to Deshaun Watson. I mean, Deshaun Watson is the answer at quarterback for the Houston Texans. It's so clear. I I can't believe they actually couldn't see it in the preseason when Deshaun Watson was looking great for the Houston Texans, and they still decided to go with Tom Savage. Well, the offensive line is bad, and Tom Savage is, like, more of a pocket guy. Like, he was good in the pocket. And the whole thing is when the pocket breaks down, he's not good. He's very – that's his big weakness is, like, when the pocket breaks down, he doesn't have, he was, like, the awareness for the guy that's going to come over sack the place yesterday. I mean, he was just not – like, he just doesn't look like an NFL starter. And he's, you know, I, I don't understand. Well, the Texans, the Texans left tackle, their blindside tackle, he's still on a holdout. So they were playing uh, a backup who didn't play at all last season at the blindside left tackle. So Savage's blind sign was was there every play he was getting hit at the blind side. Yeah. And and um that's the thing, right, is so Deshaun Watson we saw him against Alabama against elite like rushing. Like, no, he's not a good pocket passer. Like in the pocket, he misses a lot, like kind of the way you think Cam Newton kind of misses in the pocket a lot. Occasionally, yeah. But but he gets out and he moves and he he's he can keep the play alive. So I think ultimately they will have to go to him for the rest of the season, but he hasn't got enough first team reps to be like Deshaun Kaiser. I think Deshaun Kaiser, uh, you know, he's going to be the rookie quarterback. Um, that's kind of impressive, especially with what I saw against the Steelers. I thought he was impressive against the Steelers. He uh, was. Sean Kaiser. I, I, you know, even you know, I, I, that's another team. Well, that's the team that defines quarterback issues. I should say. I was going to say they have quarterback issues, but. And the Cleveland Browns franchise defines quarterback issues, and you've got the they've got the extended jersey with all the names on the back of it going down. But uh, yeah, I thought Kaiser looked pretty good against the Steelers, a good Steelers team, obviously defending division champions, made it to the AFC Championship last year. Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, the triplets, if you will, up in Pittsburgh. The Browns might not have won the game against the Steelers, but they definitely, you know, showed a little bit of performance for a team that, you know, obviously won one game last year. I, I you know, I didn't get to a chance to do my NFL preview this year, but uh, I, I, I have the Browns jumping from one win to four, which, you know, might not seem like a lot, but a three-win improvement by any team is still yeah. a big improvement. So, I mean, I like Kaiser, too, uh, as the quarterback that's going to be good. I think he could finally solve the Browns' answers at quarterbacks. The Browns are the Browns, so you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, you never know. The player got, could tell, like, he could be in a motorcycle accident tomorrow, and, you know, you never they, know. You never they are know. looking good, like, from an organizational standpoint. So that's why I feel bad for Kaiser. Like, well, that's what I'm saying is, like, week one, I, I'm just going to say, like, I haven't seen enough body of evidence for a lot of guys to say if they're, like, really bad. Uh, like, I, I I think I see more of the bright side in a lot of guys than I do with the negative side. Like, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, I have to think after seeing week one, like, they're going to take off this year. But, you know, it's only been one week, so we can't really tell for sure. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the Browns, like, they have good running game, but the defense, uh, they gave up a special teams, uh, like, touchdown off of punt block. block yeah, block zone. punt. Yeah, I saw that at, when I was at that Buffalo. That cost them, like, the game. Yeah. Yeah, and they haven't won Week One in. Um, I heard this on Mike and Mike this morning. The Browns haven't won Week One. They haven't been one and zero 
since 2004. So that's just classic Browns. <sighs> and, you know, they lost by, like, one score. So they were, like, really in that game, actually. If it wasn't for that, yeah, they lost 21-18. So if yeah. it wasn't for that, they actually, that's what I'm saying, they beat the Steelers. Le'Veon Bell was, like, absent. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think Deshaun Kaiser's got a good chance with the running game behind him. Um, only problem is their defense. You know, I know Hugh Jackson was, like, absolutely upset with the front office for letting uh, their cornerback Hayden go. Yeah, yeah, that was a big deal, too. Like, I was really surprised. I feel like the Browns, a good young Browns team like that, could really use a, uh, a guy like Joe Hayden out there. I, I mean, like, somebody who could be a veteran leader. I mean, kind of the way Joe Thomas is on the uh, on the offense for the Browns. Just somebody who could be a consistent veteran presence in that locker room. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, that's what the kind of that's just the kind of thing that you need, like, especially on the defense. That's just that's... typical Browns, though. I mean, the Browns always like the Browns always release the player when people say they're not going to like say that you shouldn't. Yeah, you never know with the Browns, man. It, it could also have been a situation where, you know, you don't hear all that. We're getting everything from, you know, the player standpoint, not really like the, the team standpoint. So, he, he, you know, everybody kind of wants out, I would imagine, there. So, I, who knows? Maybe he could have uh, orchestrated his way out of there. You never know. But I want to, um, I don't know. Before moving do, off the Browns yeah. for a minute, I want to give a shout out to uh, somebody who I, uh, I met yesterday. Um, so I was at a, so I spent week one, I don't know how you spent week one, Sean, but I was at a, um, Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, with a recurring guest and actually guy who's going to be doing the audition as well, uh, sometime soon, Mike Edgley. I was with Mike. We went up to a Buffalo Wild Wings yesterday and, uh, there was one guy there in a Cleveland Browns jersey. So, uh, just one solo Cleveland Browns. There's actually surprisingly for Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, in Gaithersburg, Maryland, there was actually a surprising representation of just about every NFL team. So, uh, but this guy was in a Cleveland Browns jersey, and uh, he was wearing a dog pound jersey. And the helmet? Uh, sorry? Did no, no, no it? helmet, no helmet, no helmet. Just the jersey. No, 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 no. Did he own it? Like, Did... does he? Is he just all about the losing? Oh, I mean, like so, upset. so this is what I, I said to him. I was like, so I was like, wow, you're a Cleveland Browns fan. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm a big Cleveland Browns fan. I'm from Cleveland. And I was like, I was like that's that must be tough. And he's like, he, he actually said this. He said, I don't care if the Indians have won 17 games in a row. It was 17 when we saw it. It was 18 after last night. He's like, I don't care if the Indians have won 17 in a row. Uh, the, the Browns are my blood. He said, the Browns are my blood. And I was like, damn, man. Like, that's wow. loyalty. That's, that is loyalty to How a T. How old did right you say there. he was? He was definitely a past his middle age. He was heading towards, okay, like... So that makes some sense, because they had the team uh, that went to Baltimore. Yeah, no, no. So he like, said he, like, remembers that and everything, yeah. but, like, he, uh, yeah, you know, if you grew up a fan of that team, you're not going to, you know, abandon the Browns. And so I, I, I was, yeah, I just thought it was funny, because I never meet Cleveland Browns. I know a couple of Cleveland Browns fans. I know people from Cleveland who are Browns fans, and I know one person from Cleveland who isn't a Browns fan. Uh, shout out Danny Shea, but I, I think that uh, I, they're just definitely one of the least represented teams outside of like their city. So I was really surprised to like actually see a Cleveland, even if he was from just to see one Cleveland Browns fan was surprising. A couple other things from Week One here: um, Jacksonville. Just just going off. Yeah, you know, we talked a little bit how about how bad the Texans looked. But we can't overlook how good the Jacksonville Jaguars looked in week one. Uh, I think they got 10 sacks as a team. Uh, you mentioned how bad the Texans' offensive line was, but you got to give credit to the Jaguars' defense. Uh, Dante Fowler got a touchdown for the Jaguars, and uh, it just looked really swarming, regardless of who it was, whether it was Savage. I just feel bad for the Texans, really. Like, that's, I feel bad for their fans. Regardless. Like, stinks with the Harvey Foundation really going on. Like, they basically had the J.J. Watt who came out there and, you know, gave them that hoorah. And then they had J.J. Watt hurt. But, I mean, at least they got a touchdown from uh, Deshaun Watson, at least. I guess that's the only bright side. Yeah. Nothing from Lamar Miller, which was my fantasy guy. But uh, they, they did get something from uh, – they, they did get something from Watson. Um, but the Jaguars – I just, I just want to talk about the Jaguars for a minute here, though. Um, 
you know, I, for years they've just struggled kind of in a way like the 76ers in basketball uh, where they've just never really had their stuff together, I guess. And, you know, they had losing season after losing season and they just stockpiled draft picks. But now it looks like it's paying off for the Jaguars. They look like they could be a good young team in a really weak division. Uh, you know, you never know who's going to win that division. The Colts yeah. looked awful yesterday against the Rams. I know they had no Andrew Luck, but the Colts looked like the worst team in football last yesterday. And, um, you know, the Texans looked terrible too. The Jaguars looked like the best team in football. The Titans lost to the Raiders barely, but, I mean, the Jaguars – Look like the best team in that division, yeah. best football just, team in that division. Just be careful. Don't overreact a little bit. I know I got, I got a buddy. Man. He is a, he is the, probably the biggest Jackson Bill Jaguars fan on the planet. I really can't stress that enough. Like he goes to London when they play in London. Like and they go to London like twice a year. So yeah, yes, and he like knows the owner uh, Khan. So really, he, he's big time with the Jaguars. And I know he doesn't want me talking down about the Jaguars, but. I just don't want to overreact. You know, I think I really do think the the Jaguars are still going to be struggling at quarterback as much as I want to believe in Blake Bortles as a you know. Are you in the, I was going to say you're in the listener. Wikipedia club, aren't you? <laughs> What's up? You're in the Blake Bortles Wikipedia club, aren't you? Oh, oh yeah. You gotta love. You gotta root for Blake Bortles. You gotta root for him. Uh, they also lost their receiver Allen Robertson, torn Achilles down for the season. So. That's brutal for them. On offense, they lost a big weapon. You know, Fournette is going to have to be big this year because they've never had a running game since, you know, since they lost uh, MJD. So uh, if he can be big this year, that would be great for them. But uh, I, I don't think their defense is, like, top in the league, even though it didn't look like it yesterday. I really do think that was just because they really they had a, a record number of sacks, I think, in that game. And I think it was partially. I think it was mostly due to the fact that the Texans were not. They didn't really have their starting uh, offensive line. And I say this as somebody who who watched the Panthers all last season uh, struggle with Michael Lore with Michael Lore at the blindside tackle. So not having your starting blindside tackle with the holdout. If they get him back, the Texans are going to have some semblance. Uh, you know, of a pocket to throw out of, but otherwise, yeah, no. But yeah. Um, the Jaguars definitely um, looked impressive. I just don't want to overreact, and I, I don't think that they're gonna. I still don't see them as a playoff team. I know they did look like the best team in the league yesterday, but they're not I think they're be an the best team, team in the league. I mean, even the best team, like even teams like yeah, yeah we we really that's the one takeaway I always come away with on week one is that we can never really overreact to week one. Because I remember, you know, there have been times in the year which teams have looked dominant in week one and gone on to miss yeah. the playoff. I, I, I just, it's just not, it's too well, quick to overreact. Like, sure. let's take, uh, let's take, right with let, the let's take Sunday they, night football. Let's take Sunday night football, for example, from last night uh, with the Giants and the Cowboys. Obviously, Giants fans across the eastern seaboard are probably overreacting like crazy today i mean i didn't see any of the game so i don't really i honestly was really tired after a long day of football i honestly i just want to point out i woke up yesterday at like 7 a.m and i was like it's football day in america baby and uh i just was like ready to go i was up like all morning just like bouncing off the walls and by the time uh i got to the giants cowboys game uh as much as i obviously wanted to watch it i was just i was out so I, I just want to make that clear. So I didn't see much of the Giants game. But uh, obviously Giants didn't fans. didn't miss much. They put me to sleep. So. Yeah, exactly. I think it put everybody. I think it was a, just an awful performance by the Giants from what, everything I've heard. But Giants fans across the eastern seaboard and across the country are probably completely over, freaking the hell out this morning about their team and how bad they look against the Cowboys. And I get that, obviously. I get that. But – Honestly, I think um, you know they they shouldn't be because, and I know they're going to, but they shouldn't be because it's Week One and Odell Beckham was out against a good Cowboys team that even though Giants beat the Cowboys twice last year, went to the playoffs at thirteen and three, won the division, you know, and went to the divisional round. A pretty pretty damn good Cowboys team at full strength, no less. So I, and every Giants fan across the Eastern Seaboard is probably overreacting this morning. And 
because it's week one. And I just think everybody should just take a chill pill on that because it's week one. We should all just relax. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And, and actually, like, you know, me from just a segment ago talking about most of the other teams, I should agree with you. But um, I don't know. I just I did kind of feel like, you know, the, uh, the Giants, they, they got rid of their running back. Rashad Jennings, and that was just like a curious move. They brought in Marshall. He won Dancing but, with the Stars, didn't he? Yeah. Rashad well, Jennings. Well, but I didn't understand Marshall not getting any targets. I didn't understand the Giants having no semblance of a running game, and and the Cowboys' defense is their weakness, and they couldn't even they couldn't even get down the field. So that's yeah. I mean I I definitely was concerned with that because like the defense is their specialty now. And if their defense is going to play that many snaps, they're not going to be any good on defense. That just takes away their only skill. So, I don't know. I guess, I guess you know, obviously, like you said, completely different team. Right. If Odell Beckham is back next when week. When Odell's oh. out, it is a completely different Giants team. Like, even but though... the, the division, though, is so good. That's why I'm concerned. That's why you've got to be concerned. The division is so good, and... You know, well, I don't I, buy. I still think they they look bad. I don't buy the Redskins. I don't buy the Redskins. I don't buy the Eagles. I really think it's a two team race between even after yesterday with the Eagles. The Eagle and the Eagles and Redskins played yesterday, and to me, even though the Eagles won, I still don't buy them as a legitimate threat in the NFC East. I think it's between the Giants and the Cowboys, and uh, I I you know I picked the Giants to win the NFC East. But ultimately, I think, you know, after last night, and I took, when I picked the Giants to win the NFC East, that was assuming Zeke was going to be suspended for six games. Now, that obviously didn't happen, and that's not going to happen. So that, you know, might boost the Cowboys' win total up a little bit more and push them ahead. That's, see, we don't know what's going to happen with Zeke. Yeah. We, it's still, this is the most confusing thing the NFL has ever done, and we lived through the flake gate. So I, I think that this is just, you know, I, I picked the Giants to win the division, but at the end of the day, if the Cowboys have Zeke for a full schedule, that's going to be pretty damn tough to beat for the division title. So I, I, no, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be able to play the whole season. I think he's going to get that suspension. I, I, I do because uh, I, just, I don't know. I just think there's just too much going on right now for him to not get suspension and they came down hard on josh uh i forgot the giants kicker's name but, josh brown uh, you know, josh brown they just came down and gave him six for well no they reason. should have given him they should have given josh brown more to begin with but that's a whole other story right. and josh brown should have never been allowed back in the league but i, I will uh, disagree with you about the nfc east though i i do believe in the i do think that the, they're just going to take each other out and their records aren't going to be like amazing but that's they're going to be the i think they're going to be the toughest division in football, and I think it's them and the NFC South. So I was going to say, is it tougher than the NFC South? South? Is it really? I mean, because the NFC South's got Tampa Bay, the NFC South's got Atlanta, it's got your guys, and it's got the Saints as well. Shout out Mike Edgley and the New Orleans Saints. But I think this division is, you know, a well, bunch I, of good they've teams. They've got the better but, offenses. I think the NFC East has the better defenses, and that's that's the difference. But um, you know, the Cowboys was the worst. The Cowboys and Redskins, are, I think they've improved their defense. And the Eagles' defense is solid uh, to me, but their offense was a problem last year. But I think they, I think the Eagles have gotten a lot better. I think the Eagles are a really good team this year. And I think that the Redskins, um, I, I don't know with them, but Kirk Cousins has proved me wrong every single year. I thought Kirk Cousins was not going to be a good quarterback. He's not. He's going to fall through. He's getting paid a lot of money right now, and yep. he's still balling out. A right, so ton of I'm money. Not, not as much as he's going to get. Not as much as he's going to get on the open market next year, but he's getting paid a lot of money. Um, let's uh, – I just just to move on from football uh, in just a minute here. Uh, we'll move on from football. We'll talk a little bit about um, – I guess uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Craig Carton. But uh, just before oh, – yeah. Uh, yeah, we have to talk about Craig Carton. Because you and I are both New York guys. We both grew up listening to Craig Carton. But before we move into that, uh, your Monday night predictions. Uh, I don't think this is going to get posted before Monday night's game. So this is going to be retroactive. We'll just see who we think is going. We'll see you know, <laughs> if, if you were right, I guess, looking back. But we've got two Monday night games. We've got the first one is the Saints and the Vikings. Uh, that one is at 7 o'clock. The next one is a late, late game, 10 o'clock on the West Coast. That would be the Broncos and the Chargers. 
Uh, who are your picks for that? Those two games. Uh, gotta go Broncos over Chargers, mm-hmm. and the Saints Viking one is a really tough one for me. I kind of feel like Adrian Peterson is gonna go off. Yeah. But then again, I'm like, ah, oh, they got Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's probably gonna get more snaps. I I don't know. I gotta go with the. I gotta go with the. Uh, man, that that one's such a hard game to pick. But you know what? I'm just gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the Vikings as an upset right there. I mean, they're playing at home, and Sam Bradford is kind of like, kind of like. Oh man, poor man's Kirk Cousins sounds terrible, but he's dependable at quarterback for them. So I, I think that they're gonna figure out. And I really like their tight end, Cal Rudolph. He's yeah. kind of like big country. I think he, yeah, him and like Greg Olson are gonna are, are gonna be the top tight ends this year. All right, well, I'm going to go with uh, – I, I actually think I'm going to go with the Saints to win week one uh, just because I, I love Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is, like, one of the greatest NFL players that's ever played. Like, he's phenomenal. And what's crazy about Drew Brees is that my dude's still getting it done at age 38, 39. Like, he's crazy. Like, he just gets better and better, it feels like, every year. And uh, always passing for 5,000 yards. So I'm going to pick the Saints. Uh, plus, I, you know, I want to be different from you, Sean. Has I, I do understand the Vikings at home is a good pick. I think it's a good safe pick, but uh, you know, I, I want to go for the the I guess upset, if you will. So yeah, we can't uh, have the same picks. Yeah, no, gotta... exactly. We can't have the same picks for two games in a row because nobody's yeah. gonna pick the Chargers, myself included. So I feel uh, like the Saints should be favored, though. I, I think they're gonna be good this year. I uh, I try to mention uh, is this as much as possible. Ted Ginn was really good with the Panthers and I just think that he is going to be incredible with Drew Brees in the slot that's that's my that's my two cents on the Saints yeah I, it'll be interesting to see I all I remember about from Ted Ginn's time with the Panthers and the time that I lived in North Carolina and would watch the Panthers all the time all I remember about from Ted Ginn is drop after drop after drop uh, it's, oh, his, for me, his thing is he loves to run out of bounds and never take the hit. But I'm okay with that as receive like receivers get out of bounds. It's yeah, I, I, Ted Ginn's a little can be a little soft at times. However, uh, I'm gonna go with the Saints to win. And uh, like I said, uh, like I alluded to a minute ago, nobody should be picking the Chargers. Uh, I don't think the Chargers are very good. They got some weapons, but uh, I'm gonna go with the Broncos. Uh, just at home at Mile High. Uh, you know, I'm interested to see how, just to, before we talk a little bit about Craig Carton here, I'm just interested to see how the L.A. Chargers are going to work this year. Uh, they're playing at a soccer stadium. It's going to be the most bizarre thing you've ever seen in the NFL. You've got an NFL team playing at the smallest stadium possible in a city that doesn't really want them. So I'm really interested to uh, see how the L.A. Chargers uh, are in their first season just as a atmosphere in L.A., what the stadium's like, what the team is like. Uh, I don't think they're going to be very good. They've got some weapons, like I said, Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, who's on a lot of my fantasy teams this year, the, the tight end, Henry, but it's not going to be enough. In a, you know, We've talked about how good the NFC East is and how good the NFC South is. The AFC Central is pretty good, too. But the AFC West might be the best division in football. You've got three really good That's teams. That's fair. You've got three really good teams, man. You've got the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. You've got the Oakland Raiders, uh, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. You've got the Denver Broncos, who just won a Super Bowl, as you remember very well, Sean, uh, just two seasons ago. Uh. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, it sucked, okay. man. That was a rough night. That was a rough night for all of us, okay? Because I was in North Carolina, too, when that happened, and that was awful. But uh, yeah, it I was... Just, I don't, I'm so sick of the Von Miller Old Spice commercials. It, it really is, like, haunting. It's just every time I see a Von Miller Old Spice commercial, I want to laugh, but I, I just hate him. I just hate him. So. Every time I, I see a fumble, I think of Cam Newton just standing there as, as there's a ball rolling around on the ground. But... That, that, that game, that was even that was two Super Bowls ago. One of the worst games I think I've ever seen between two very good teams. But, I just uh, think about Peyton Manning being given a championship. And um, yes. you know that was that, that was only two seasons ago, so you can't really discount the Denver Broncos in 2017. That's why Trevor Simeon can get the job done. Exactly. Peyton Manning and that you know uh, you know that the quarterback crew was really bad. Yeah. It's 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 gonna be interesting to see. I think the AFC West this year could be the best division in football. Um, it, it, 
Broncos could, yeah, they have a chance on national TV tonight to show that they are still the boss. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm going to go with the Broncos to beat the Chargers pretty soundly tonight uh, in the Mile High City. So yeah, uh, I gotta agree with you there. I just don't. I don't know what the Chargers defense is. Exactly. So I totally agree. Like I said, we're recording this before Monday Night Football, and I plan on posting this tomorrow when it is on Tuesday, September 12th. So uh, we'll, we'll look back on this, and uh, for me at least, it'll probably be a Vikings and Chargers win, and I'll look like an idiot. But uh, that, that's, that's for another day. You know, and sometimes that's just how it goes when you pre-record yeah, stuff some, like this. Sometimes you win some, you lose some. Uh, so I just want to talk about one other thing uh, before. Uh, it's not going to be all football all the time, obviously, when it's like this. But uh, we got John and I got to talk about something that's been, you know, on the front pages of New York, not just the sports columns, but like the Daily News, New York Post. It's been the big story out of New York for the last week. So uh, anybody who lives in New York, or anybody who is a New York sports fan, grew up in New York, grew up in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, knows WFAN, knows Boomer and Carton, knows who Craig Carton is. Uh, he is one of the most notorious. I don't really know how to describe Craig Carton to somebody who isn't from New York. Uh, he is the most obnoxious. But he is a, He is New York. Yeah, he is, he is insufferable. And it, it, he is, you I'm know... I'm a fan. I like them. You like, like Craig Carton, man? I don't like Craig yeah, Carton at all. I don't think great. Craig Carton is you know, funny. He's, uh, he's kind of like... I don't know. I just think it, he's very funny in the morning, and I, I'm, I'm about the comedy, so, you know, he's he doesn't, like, take himself so, too seriously. Okay, well, I... I always look for that. I'm, all, I'm about comedy, too. You and I both think, think funny stuff is funny stuff. But, you know, I had a guidance, you know, I had a guidance counselor in high school who, we were talking about WFAN one day, and I said I liked Boomer and Carton. This was back in high school, man. This was about seven years ago or so. So I was in high school, I was talking to my guidance counselor about WFAN. I was like, I like Boomer and Carton. I like driving to school and listening to Boomer and Carton. Back then I was driving to school and listening to WFAN. And um, he said, I can't stand Craig Carton. I'm like, really? He's like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't I can't respect anybody who um, calls women broads like that and just like the way he talks about women and everything. And I never really thought about it that back then. But now you listen to him, and and the balls on him to uh, not have respect at all for Mike Francesa is so ridiculous to me. So anyway, long story short, because I feel like I'm just talking about how much I despise Craig Carton and not really explaining why I despise Craig Carton. You know, obviously I have to explain why I despise Craig Carton, but why Craig Carton is relevant to Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan this week is uh, Craig Carton was arrested. He was involved in a Ponzi scheme where he was reselling tickets. He was involved in this. He apparently had gambling debts of about $3 million dollars. And to pay them off, he was selling. A, uh, he was involved in some ticket shady resell. Now, first off, ticket reselling is a shady, shady business to begin with. It is one of the most shady businesses on the planet, including sales and things like that. Uh, ticket resales is probably one of the even like the websites. Sure, sure. don't, don't you even like? I even personally feel. I used SeatGeek yesterday to buy a concert ticket, and every time I use it, I still feel a little dirty, to be honest. So I, every time I use SeatGeek stuff, I, as much as I love them, like I still feel a little dirty when I use it. And so Craig Carton use, creates like a ticket resale thing. He does it for concerts, sporting events, Hamilton, things like that. Uh, and so it ended up being a, basically money laundering for him to pay off his gambling debts. And... Um, it's rocked the New York sports scene. It's been the big stories for the last week or so. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on this, Sean? I mean, what you live right there, man. You're still – I live in D.C. now, so I'm a little uh, distant from what's happening at WFAN. Yeah. Um, but obviously, uh, I can't believe – for me personally, I, I can't believe – first off, I know he was suspended indefinitely, which is good. But I'm I'm a little surprised that they haven't just outright fired him. Yeah, um, here's the deal with that is, 
you know, I'm gonna, I, I definitely have a lot to say about this. Like, I, I watch Boomer and Carton, like, in the mornings. Like, I listen to them in the mornings. Like, I listen to radio. Like, I, I really love sports podcasts and, and radio shows, and I, I haven't been really listening to, like, radio, like, for music in a long time. Um, until, like, recently. But, I mean, uh, yeah, in the mornings, I actually prefer Boomer and Carton because they're on national television on CBS Sports. Um, you can watch them, you know, from 6 to 10 a.m. Um, I, I like their show. So, like, and I, I love that kind of show. Uh, I kind of like Craig Carton and, uh, and Boomer Sison together. They just work really, you really well. Think, do you think – I'm sorry. Let me, let me – sorry to interrupt you. But do you think they work well together? Because I always thought – to me, there was always this vibe. And, you know, Boomer said the last couple of days, like, Craig's my friend. He's my partner. I support – like, I, I, I love him. But I always kind of had this vibe that Boomer Esiason was not as crazy about Craig Carton as Craig Carton was about Boomer Esiason. But don't you get the same kind of vibe, though, from uh, Mike and the Mad Dog, though? That's just kind of well, like yeah, my take on I, it. I guess, but, like, I don't know. Like, I and just, Mike and Mike right now, like, they don't like each other. So that's just kind of the way it but works. I, I, just get, always, like, I, I always just thought, like, Boomer Esiason would, like, get this moron away from me. Like, yeah, I, I, and Boomer Esiason is just so much more, like, poised, I guess is the right word, than Craig Carton. And, you know, he comes from a little, bit more, little bit more of an upscale background, I guess, who's an NFL player. So they're, they're, they're yeah. a little bit of an odd couple on the radio together. Boomer's such a hard worker, and, like, Craig is – this is pretty much all he does. Uh, and Boomer's on CBS. Like, Craig – Boomer's working, like, seven days a week. So No, there's no doubt – uh, Craig Carton was the schmoozer. Craig Carton was the entertainer. Craig Carton was the point guard of the show. And uh, Boomer Esiason, he works really well with them together. Because, like, to be honest with you, I just don't. I'm not really big on watching Boomer Esiason, um, like, just alone. With Phil Sims, I kind of like them because, like, when they talk football, they obviously are, like the two best possible people you get to talk football. That's yeah. Like, but, I, I wouldn't like, trust Phil else, Sims. Though I love. The pairing of them together, I thought they worked really well to have kind of like the older like father figure with like kind of like the cut guy who's cutting up and like they just kind of work well together. And I like comedy in the morning and then like serious stuff like later in the day. That's just kind of the way I tackle things. You know, it's like I like, you know, comedy in the morning and I, I follow it up with like Dan Levitard's show on ESPN at 10. And then, like, also, you know, and I usually listen to these podcasts, so, like, not with all the radio commercials. Right. But, and then, you know, part of my take, you know, sometimes is, like, a really good one to catch on the podcast, like, in the middle of the day from uh, Barstool Sports. And then, you know, you go, like, around the horn and you tackle, you know, all the serious sports talk, uh, talking competition, like, later in the day. But, like, that's just kind of, like, my, like, daily, like, sports radio intake and i really like Carton. um and i actually do i would disagree with you i do think like it was one of the situations where they were paired together like maybe to do well together because they just kind of excelled yeah but like that's kind of craig carton's like there's there's a thing with radio is you're doing characters like pft from part of my take like that's a character um, you know, Stu Gotts on Dan Levitard's show, that's a character. And sometimes you got a punching bag character, and sometimes you got a guy who's throwing the punches character. And that's, uh, that's kind of like Craig's probably the guy who's throwing the punches, I would say. Craig's a little bit more of the guy who's probably... Well, he's very New York guy, and that's kind of like what a lot of guys from New York kind of like talk like, you know, he, he's got the fast talking, talking out of the side of his yeah. mouth, kind of like... Walking here. Walking yeah. here. Exactly, and that is New York, and you can't deny that, and I think that's what really, like, made it such a, a New York show, like, um, and he, I, I don't really, like, like, I'm not, like, a ride-or-die Craig Hart guy, I'm just saying, like, that was a really, like, entertaining, like, funny, I found it funny, like, yeah, I get the whole, like, broads thing, but, like, I just kind of think that's, uh, that's just kind of, like, the New York character, I don't really think of that as, like, actually like the person and i don't know i think they actually did like each other they hung out i know they like threw parties i know they're like they did softball games and stuff too they have like a softball game every year yeah and they have they kind of like got forced with the whole chris christie coming on there and trying to like try out yeah which was an awful idea the the problem now chris christie was awful and the problem now for wfan he knows the stuff but yeah uh, he knows sports but that you know chris christie is just 
an awful person. That's no. a story for another day. No, I mean, but yeah, uh, that's a story for another day. It is what it is there. But, I'm not like I don't follow New Jersey politics, so I don't really know a ton about Chris Christie. So like I I'm inclined to believe you there. Like I don't like. I yeah, think all politicians I mean, are shady. I, I, if you're I don't, interested, don't, like, distinguish them apart. But like, yeah, I, if you're interested, go just Google Bridgegate and uh, or just Google Chris Christie Beach, and you'll be good. That's all the required reading you need for that. But um, you know, I, WFN now has the problem where they have to not only replace Mike Francesa, yeah, who is oh, the sports pope. Mike Francesa is the sports. That's pope. another part of the conversation there. Right. Like, Wow, I mean, Francesa kind of okay. Um, what I know you 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 probably love Francesa, right? Of course. I, I've I've been out on Francesa ever since Mike and the Mad Dog kind of split up. Like I I think he's kind of gotten full of himself, and I don't really like his show that much. Like the only thing I really like about his show is like the callers that call in and say like and like to debate him. Like that's kind of like my favorite. That's like really the only part of the show. Yeah, that and he like, hangs like up anymore. on them. He hangs up on them all the time. But the thing about Mike Francesa is that he's leaving. Like, he's leaving at the end of the year. So yeah. you have to replace Mike Francesa with, uh, you know, who knows at this point. Uh, Chris Christie, like we said, was a candidate. Chris Christie's now out. Uh, person, I think, who's best for the job. And if you're not from New York, you probably don't know who he is. I, I think Evan Roberts is the best person for the job. For the midday show, or for the, excuse me, for the drive time show to replace Mike Francesa. He's young. He's extremely talented I just sports think that talk everyone's radio. gonna go over to Michael K's show that's what I think's gonna happen and, I just and, think and with fans so gonna go down I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens but I think to I think replace Boomer Mike Cart successfully they have to for that shot I think Boomer Cart would've been great and that's and that I think they would've been even better in that time frame but you know it's unfortunate the way things go I still I still listen to Phil Sims and Boomer Sison's show I don't know if they're gonna get the afternoon drive or what but um I don't know. I just I kind of disappointed about that. I, I think Craig Carton obviously is a sad story and of uh, a beware story. Like that's a story. If you know Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports, like he said that he was in the same situation once, but his bookie actually passed away, and that's how he got out of having to pay his gambling debts. Like gambling is obviously like alcoholism, and you know anything that if if you got abusive personality. You know, those things can really take a toll on you, and that's one of the things where it's like you mentioned, you know, SeatGeek uh, earlier. I feel that way. Like anytime I use, anytime I, you know, I don't gamble a lot, but like you know, obviously fantasy football and like DraftKings occasionally, and like you know, obviously the bracket pools, March Madness right. every year. So like, that's just kind of one of those things with like money. Like it's an appealing it's lifestyle. Shady. But that's the thing. I will argue though that like. Not only is it becoming more accepted as like a legit business, like around the world, they kind of like look the other way with that stuff. And I think it's just more like accepted. But like, if you think about it though, anything in sports right now, especially college sports and the NFL, like that's shady business too, you know, with the, you know, hiding the, the medical, everything that goes on with the head trauma and then you got the college athletes and all the money that's flowing around there. We still don't like understand like that's just to me. I just see like the gambling now in sports is going to get more popular and it's going to get, uh, the only reason why it's considered illegal is because, uh, it's really just because the government's not making money off of it. And once yeah. they can, just like the lottery, like it, it'll just be just like the, anything else. So, I just, I don't know. That's just my take. I could be a little biased. I, you know, I know people that work at DraftKings, and I know people that use DraftKings, like, regularly. Like, I mm. don't use it occasionally. Like, I use it occasionally, but that's just, you know, that's my take on the whole sports gambling thing. But, uh, it, obviously, just like alcoholism, just like abusive personality for any drugs – that is a horror story that is realistic and can happen to people Just about uh, if anyone. they don't know how to, you know, if they don't manage themselves well. Craig Carton so. is a cautionary tale for sure. I, I definitely yeah, agree. And, uh, this is one last thing before we uh, wrap this show up. And uh, once again, I want to thank you again for, for joining me, Sean. But uh, one last thing before we wrap this up. Do you, uh, do you think, I mean, obviously he's going to face some jail time if this is all, in fact, true. I mean, do you oh, think yeah. how long do you think he's – are we looking at, like, a potential 
like Bernie Madoff here with um, Craig Carton. I mean, that's the thing. Dude ran a Ponzi uh, scheme. Yeah, well, no, absolutely. No, he's definitely going away. Um, I don't, I mean, if he's convicted guilty of the innocent, I see evidence that that convicts him, but, you know, you never know with these court cases. uh, He's just not like a guy that's going to have, you know, the the ability probably to pay for, like, the biggest lawyers. Like, he's not going to get, like, OJ lawyers to come in and get him off scot-free. So, um, and, and, you know, even Bernie Madoff obviously had like that, and, you know, couldn't really get out of that. Oh, no. I, I think he's looking at, I think he's looking at, um, like kind of like when OJ, I think he's looking at like five to 20 years. So, and he, if he's lucky five, then if he's unlucky 20. Oh, yeah. Be so it, it's sad. It, it really is. Cause, uh, you know, I'll just have to look for my comedy elsewhere. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and there's plenty of places for that. Like I said, Dan Levitard and, Part of my take are just are absolutely phenomenally great shows. If you're looking for a laugh, if you don't want to take the sport seriously, and you and, and you want a little bit of hint of journalism in there, you know that's kind of like the best shows for me. Is uh, but you know I'm just saying it's it's sad. I'm gonna miss that show like in what it is, and uh, I I kind of hope that a uh, Carton's family rebounds. Like I, I yeah, that's who I'm praying for the most, man. Like he's got a full family. Like he's got. Um, you know, a wife and, and Boomer. daughter and Boomer. and Boomer as well, obviously. Boomer's like basically part of his family. But uh, and of course Boomer's family and Craig's family are obviously very close. They've been on the together the year for years. They've been on the air together. So um, they've obviously gotten to know each other very well. So I'm praying for everybody yeah. and everybody involved. And uh, just before we sign off, I'm praying for everybody down in Florida as well, currently affected Absolutely. by Hurricane Irma. We all are. Uh, still praying for everybody in Texas affected by Hurricane Harvey. Uh, we love you. Uh, I donated blood last week, and uh, I will gladly, if, if I could, I would do it again. But uh, I, I wish I could give more than I can to these, to everybody affected by these hurricanes and uh, keeping you in my thoughts and prayers. And uh, with that being said, uh, I would like to thank you for listening to today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for joining us, man. Um, like I said, we're going to try this out for a, a little while. We're going to see how uh, how it works, uh, see how people respond to it. We're going to have somebody else. Uh, so I'm going to get yeah. somebody for Friday's episode as well. But uh, if I can get somebody else to uh, for the auditioning role, I'll see who wants to do it on Friday. Uh, but thank you, Sean, and uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, to everybody listening. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on SoundCloud, like us on Facebook at Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan, follow us on Twitter at UFRWBB, follow me personally on Twitter at BBRI1991, that's BBRI1991. Sean, where can the people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Sean, S-E-A-N-14-N-Y on Twitter. Um, and then, you know, obviously, <laughs> I don't really have a show yet, but... Uh, I, I kind of want to start this podcasting thing. You know, I enjoy it. Thank you so much for having me of on. Of course, I, I brother. I want to start a podcast, and this has kind of, like, really helped me start and make me want to try it, you know? Of and course, it's, man. Uh, it's fun. These are conversations I would have anyways, you know? Of course. It's just uh, getting excited now about potential radio shows I could have in the future, like, uh, you know, just like Phil Sims. You might be bouncing back and doing uh, a show with Boomer Size, and I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. There's uh, more to just the games and the sports in the field like to for me actually that the consumption of like the sports media is like actually kind of like just as fun yeah so for sure man yeah. oh i appreciate you joining me today sean uh you're welcome back anytime even if yeah we'll see who who ends up getting the co-host gig where you're welcome back anytime you want man uh, so with that being said, tell your mother, tell your father, send the telegram upon further review with Brian Brennan is here to stay working on Friday's episode. It'll be awesome. Uh, and I will see you guys next time. Have a great rest of your week and, uh, have a good one folks. See
such the initial the P U T S that's one and double K just be ripping up a track on attack like a tyrant pulling out the rhyme book stack them up yo a pirate then fire it up do the sissy strut now sterns earning money for your liquor sacks plus and goldenberg it's a way of life and since you live a fat be advised P is back still an old record and your prize black got your headphone internationally known for slamming like bones on show microphones but before that said we gotta make sure that everyone out there is ready Underground sound, you're fired. 